in Maslow's hierarchy of human needs, there's one need that you may be willfully neglecting that you must make a priority in your life. Sleep. We'll talk about the why and the how. That's up next. Let's go. Hey you, pull up a seat. Welcome back to From Surviving to Thriving. This is episode 15. I am Ray Bercier. And if you are a parent or soon-to-be parent who wants to give their kids the best start in life that you can provide, then you're in the right place. This show is all about you because we're about transformation and taking unwavering action so that you can give your best to yourself your loved ones, and your dreams. In another life, I used to be a night owl. But before becoming a parent, like many people, sleep just happens whenever I felt like it. It wasn't a routine, and it wasn't a priority. And in fact, I hid from sleep as much as I could because, well, virtually every night, I would experience chronic nightmares for much of my life. Now, since then, I've done a complete 180 on sleep. And today, I'm going to share with you the why you need to make sleep a non-negotiable in your life and the how to improve your sleep. And we're going to start off with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, I'm sure you've heard of it, even if it's not ringing a bell. The basis of it is that humans have a pyramid of needs that need to be met. And at the very bottom of is the physiological needs, such as food, clothing, shelter. The next rung above that is safety, which takes into account employment and health, followed by the love and belonging rung. And then it's the esteem rung. And then finally, at the very summit of that pyramid, you have the self-actualization rung. Now, why is it that this hierarchy is important to know? It's because your needs lower down in this hierarchy, they have to be met and satisfied before you can attend to the needs in the higher up rungs. Does that make sense? So, going back to the very bottom foundation of that pyramid, the physiological part, one of the most often overlooked needs of this rung is sleep. To tackle and feel the other higher rungs of the hierarchy, all of the needs in the rung previously need to be met, and this includes sleep. And this comes back to what you and I often discuss, to give your best to your kids, to your loved ones, to your relationships, or even your dreams. It first requires you to meet all of your needs. And this is what filling your cup first really means. Willingly giving yourself everything that you need so you can give your best to the rest. But sleep? But sleep is a funny thing. 
it's often overlooked and underrated by many people out there because, well, let's put it this way. In 2016, the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, they came out with a press release stating that one in three Americans are not getting enough sleep. Now, what does this have to do with anything? Well, I'm glad you asked. See, according to neuroscience, humans need a minimum of seven hours of sleep at night. It's a specific number because we don't just sleep right through. During sleep, our brains are going through constant cycles. So seven hours is roughly four cycles. These cycles and seven hours are important because it sets the tone for everything else. Now, let me go into more detail, and I'll try to be as simple as possible. Each day that you and I are awake, we're actually causing brain damage. It's a very minute, but the sleep cycle is helped to design to clean up the mess from the day-to-day grind and get rid of this brain damage. Essentially, it's basically throwing out the biological trash that builds up within our brain every single day. That way, it won't impact you on the next day. Now, not getting enough sleep means that your brain, it can't clear up that biological trash. So you'll start to endure what's called sleep debt. Now, a little debt is okay. It's not a short-term thing that's going to hurt you. But the problem comes with long-term or chronic exposure to this sleep debt. Because it's not a debt that you can get back. It's not a debt that you can pay back in any way. Sleeping more won't help clear out that trash. Because that biological matter, it slowly begins to build up inside of your brain over time. And this is why the World Health Organization has a lack of sleep listed as a carcinogen. So think of it like smoking. That's also listed as a carcinogen. And for the same reason, shift work has been deemed a carcinogen to the human body. Long-term exposure has a lot of negative long-term health issues. And there are even studies that are now connecting the dots, connecting the links between the lack of sleep and the potential development of Alzheimer's disease. So from a physiological sense, enough sleep is extremely important for your long-term health and well-being. But the long-term health and well-being, well, it also takes into account your emotional state. Think about it. When you're sleep-deprived, are things a lot easier to just roll off your shoulders? Or is it a lot harder? There's a direct correlation where the less sleep you get, the higher the emotional response you will have to events in your life. And we know that there's a direct link where when emotions are high, intelligence is low. So if you're purposely not getting enough sleep at night, you're basically shooting yourself in the foot from the start. It's hard to progress up the hierarchy of needs when you're already in a deficit. And that deficit means that other areas in your life will feel the effects, won't it? So to be the best parent that you can be, the best person that you can be, and give your best towards reaching your dreams, all of this comes down to you needing to prioritize what serves you best. 
you have to ask yourself questions like, will laying up and watching that one or two more episodes of that show help you in the short term? Will it help you in the long term? It's about changing your programming, unlearning what doesn't serve you, and replacing it with something better, something that does. You know, that show, it's not going to go anywhere. It's time to prioritize me. That last scan of social media, it's not going anywhere either. It's time to prioritize me. The emails, they're not going anywhere. These things, they'll all be there in the morning. Choosing what serves you better oftentimes comes down to choosing to moving away from iGod, instant gratification on demand, and choosing to iGrow instead. It's not your fault, and you're not to blame. In fact, while better decisions can be made, in this one area, science actually hurts you in this scenario. See, we talked briefly last week about Thomas Edison and his failures before his success. To know success, you must first know failure. The light bulb was one of the greatest inventions in this world. And it's also one of the worst in some ways. When you think about society and how society has grown and evolved over time, centuries before electricity was prevalent inside of houses everywhere, when nighttime hit, the only source of light was what? Candles. And the term midnight, what is that? Well, It used to mean the middle of the night. Now, the middle of the night has changed significantly from the time when people would use candles for light to the point now where we have electricity and light bulbs. So the definition of how we see midnight back then versus now is entirely different, isn't it? With the accessibility of electricity and light bulbs, the bedtime for us became later and later over time. So that doesn't help with sleep, does it? But neither does light, because science has shown that any light source can significantly withhold the release of natural melatonin that your body requires to be able to produce to sleep. And this is one reason why the general consensus is that You should not be using any form of screens within at least 30 minutes before bed. Now, I know what you might be thinking, and I'm not here to preach to not use screens before bed. I do it all the time. So I can't willingly and honestly tell you to not do it. But you can still use them and have them not significantly impact your sleep as long as you're getting enough of it. An example, over seven hours a night. But if your routine is to stay up late, use screens like phones, tablets, TVs, and get less than seven hours of sleep at night, you're not going to be able to put yourself in a position where you can help yourself the next day on the hierarchy of needs and beyond. You're basically handicapping yourself for success. So what you have to do is make some concessions. And they don't need to suck. It could be just going to bed a little bit earlier. It could be just not using screens before bed. But something does have to give because if nothing changes, then nothing changes. If you look around 
at your life how it is today and you are getting less than seven hours of sleep at night, is it working out for you the way that you would hope it is? Are you still struggling? Or do you maybe need to try and change things up just a little bit? You have to determine what's most important to you. What will have the biggest positive impact on your life? And that comes down to the Pareto Principle, where you want to put your focus on the things that are going to get you 80% of the results rather than the 20% of the results. And I'm here to tell you that putting the value on sleep is the most important decision that you can make that will help net you the best results. Now, to be clear for all of those parents or partners out there, I'm not saying that there's a carte blanche out there for you to take advantage of it and sleep in every single day. So responsibilities shift to someone else. That's just not fair, right? But making seven to eight hours of sleep a night needs to be your target priority. Oh, and uh, for those of you who hit the snooze button, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. You're actually hurting yourself more and making your day even harder. Because what happens when you fall back asleep after you hit that snooze button? Well, you don't just jump back to sleep where you were in that cycle. Instead, your brain, it starts a brand new sleep cycle. So that when you do finally wake up after that two or three or four times hitting the snooze button, do you notice that you might feel that you've had a horrible sleep or that you need more of it? This is not because of the quality of sleep that you had or the lack of sleep. It's actually due to something called sleep inertia. Think of it like a brain fog that lasts with you for hours. Sleep inertia has been scientifically shown to cause temporary cognitive impairment for upwards of four hours. So you're putting yourself into this state by hitting the snooze alarm every single day. So you have to really understand where your brain's coming from. After it gets through those four cycles, when your brain wakes up on its own in the morning, you just got to go with it. And it may feel like it'll suck right off the bat, but trust me, it'll feel a lot better than if you hit that snooze alarm and you're struggling for four hours. So when you take care of your sleep needs by making it a priority, Not only are you giving yourself the strength and ability to handle whatever is thrown at you, you're better able to show up for your kids and be more present with them. And that's the why. But let's discuss the how, because this is where a lot of us end up getting stuck. Now, maybe you were like I was and struggled to fall asleep, or maybe you struggled to stay asleep, or it's possible you struggle to even get good quality of sleep. Now, there's no one-size-fits-all solution for these struggles. I should know. I went through them all. But can I share a story with you about what I call the three weeks of hell? You see, for most of my life, I struggled with my sleep. But everything really started to come ahead in early 2017. I was struggling with many different aspects of my life at that time. I was burning the candle at both ends for far too long, sweeping everything under the rug, and it started to catch up with me. See, I was a full-time stay-at-home dad 
whose partner was unavailable to assist because she was back in school full-time as well. And I was also working full-time for a job from home. So it was physically, mentally, and emotionally draining for me, giving everyone everything I had every single day to the point that my tank, it started to become empty. And all the garbage and the things I had been sweeping under the carpet for far too long, well, they were about to explode. And what started off for me as insomnia would quickly become a nightmare very fast. Little did I know that at the time that I was about to experience the three weeks of absolute hell. It started with me not being able to sleep at night, which would then lead to me being awake for 40 plus hours at a time before my body would shut down briefly for maybe two to three hours. And because I was struggling to sleep, it was increasing my anxiety, which then started to develop night onset anxiety. As it began to get dark out, my anxiety would skyrocket, knowing that my nighttime struggles were likely to resurface. And for anyone who knows what it's like in the middle of winter up here in Canada, it gets dark by around 4 p.m. I tried every single band-aid solution that I could think of to help. I've read all the books. I listened to the podcasts. I downloaded the apps. I listened to frequency music. I listened to hypnosis. Anything and everything you can think of, I tried it. Anything I've done in the past that worked for me, I tried it. All of it would not work. I went through these three weeks of hell, being up for 40 plus hours at a time, never missing a shift of work, and always doing what I had to do for the kiddo as the pseudo-single parent that I was at the time. But what helped me overcome these struggles is a mixture of things that, when combined, helped me to take back control and overcome it step by step. You should consider doing these things if you find yourself struggling to sleep. I won't guarantee that they'll all work, but some of these will work. And I'm going to start off with the two most important things that you need to do that will help. The first is sleep routine. You need a routine. Biologically, your brain, it loves routine. Your brain is always looking for patterns. So you need to give your brain the best chance for success, which comes down from patterns. It's science. It starts by saying the time that when you go to bed every night and wake up in the morning, you don't want to go over these times by anything more than about 15 to 20 minutes. You have to establish those benchmarks for sleep because those benchmarks will help build the pattern in your brain so that as you start to get closer to those times, your brain will begin to get ready for sleep on its own. The second one is evening gratitude and brain evacuations. Now, what is this? Well, if you have our free transformational blueprints, you'll recognize these as part of the evening routine. And for those of you who don't have the evening blueprints, go ahead into our tribe at Empower Up dot info forward slash tribe and get access to these. By focusing on things that we are grateful for, we're sending energy to the things that we appreciate in our life. And because 
focus is energy, and where focus goes, energy flows, it helps to improve the energy within our brain and ourselves. Because gratitude has a high energetic vibration. And for anyone who thinks this sounds woo-woo, it might. But it's actually science because energy can be measured scientifically. So the act of writing these things puts your brain, your energy to work, and helps boost your mood. Now, brain evacuations, it takes the thoughts, the concerns, the feelings, the beliefs, and the reminders that are all running through your head and occupying space. And it transfers all that garbled energy out of your head onto the paper as you write it through your arm. And because thoughts are energy, and this energy is taking up all this time and space inside your brain, there's nothing worse than being unable to sleep because your brain is running a mile a minute with those thoughts and those energies. So by evacuating these from your mind onto the paper, you can come back to it tomorrow. You put yourself in a better position for sleep. Now, we talked about concessions or sacrifices a little bit earlier. This next one may be hard for some of you, but ditch the social media, the emails, and anything else that is likely to be negative-focused before bed. Because the last thing that you need in your brain is to be focused on something that doesn't help you. Now, one of the little perks I will say is if you do have a little bit of money, a great investment is weighted blankets. I absolutely love them. And if you do struggle with a little bit of anxiety, weighted blankets will help you to be able to calm down a little bit and get a better quality sleep. The next one I want to talk about is in the last hour before bed, turn off at least about 50% of the lights around you. Because what this will do, it will help to reduce the impact of that delayed natural melatonin release, which will help to improve your rest, your deep sleep, and your REM sleep. The next one that I'm going to talk about here is about temperature. You have to do what you can to keep your room cool. Because physiologically, in order to be able to sleep, your brain it needs to drop between 2 to 3 degrees in order to get to sleep. So if you keep your room in a nice cool temperature, you're giving your body a little bit more help to be able to reach that sleep zone. During my struggles, I ran across this suggestion from a Dr. Matthew Walker. And this one sounds a little bit weird. And it's not going to be for everyone. But it does help. So I'm going to pass it on to you as well. Cooling down your core body is one of the things that obviously will help to be able to get your brain into that sleep zone. But cooling down your body also helps to induce and provide good quality sleep. And that can be achieved by stimulating and circulating your blood away from your core and into your extremities like your hands and your feet. So wearing socks to bed at night will help you be able to get that warm blood flowing from your core down to your extremities, getting it pumping away from your heart so that way you can cool your body off. And if you're feeling adventurous or if you just give zero Fs, you could wear small gloves to bed. Now, I don't personally do that, but I won't judge you and hold it against you. If it works, it works. That's all that matters. Now, this last one, 
It's about having a hot bath or shower before bed. This will help to cool you down because the hot water will allow the body to cool down by releasing the heat from within, which is mostly from the bloodstream. I hope you got a lot of this episode. And if you found that this or any other episode has been helpful, please consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or a five-star rating on Spotify, as this will help us take another step towards our goal of transforming the lives and impacting the worlds of 11 million people. And as a special thank you for those of you who do leave us a review, we'll read it on air and give you a special shout-out at the end of an episode. That's it for today's show. Thank you for showing up for yourself. The best investment that you can ever make is in yourself. And time is the most valuable commodity in this world. And I hope that I was able to give you the value and impact that you need on your journey. I'll see you again next week. Until then, you're just one unwavering action away from a completely different life. To the journey. Much love. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you've gained new insight on how to overcome depression and anxiety. Don't forget to subscribe, take consistent action, and join us next time on From Surviving to Thriving Podcast. We're going to take on the world.